thanks for joining us. You're listening to Living Fountains with Pastor Jim Stewart of Calvary Chapel, Kansas City. Today, our study is in the book of 2 Samuel. If you're in a place where you can grab your Bible and follow along with us, we invite you to do so. And if you'd like more information on Living Fountains or Calvary Chapel, Kansas City, you can visit our website at calvarychapelkc.com. Now, let's join Pastor Jim for today's study. And who is like your people, like Israel? Man, this is David's open worship response that we just get to peek in on as he just responds to these blessings that God has shown and revealed to him. He says, and who is like your people, like Israel, the one nation on the earth whom God went to redeem for himself as a people, to make for himself a name, and to do for yourself great and awesome deeds for your land before your people whom you redeemed for yourself from Egypt, the nations and their gods. For you have made your people Israel your very own people forever, and you, Lord, have become their God. This is, man, out of all the peoples of the earth. And the whole point of this was to take a people and out of the world, you know, living there, but take them away from that all the other nations would look on and look upon and say, wow, those people are blessed. God is amongst them. And because God's amongst them, as God is amongst them, that there would be something provoked in them to be drawn to the Lord. Is, the question really is, is that our focus and is that what's happening? And if it's not happening, why isn't it happening? See, again, I think sometimes we fall prey to getting caught up in reflecting more of the world than of the Lord. Instead of just reflecting and pointing back to God's blessing and God's goodness. You see, quickly, we forget how quickly the rug could be pulled out from under us. And we would be left with what? But we so gravitate toward the things of this world and identify ourselves with whatever we have amassed. Which having those things isn't wrong in and of itself, but give God the glory. Not falsely, but out of humility and truth from your heart. You have to find that place in your heart where you know that you know that you know what? God's the one that really blessed me with this. That God's really the one that's done that. And from that place, then you can share with others and others will begin to see that it's because of God's goodness and his grace and his mercy upon your life that you have whatever you have and that God's doing whatever he's doing, whatever it might be in your life. In 1 Peter chapter 2, if you can turn to it if you'd like. If you don't want to, I'll read it quickly. But 1 Peter chapter 2, uh, verse 9. Now remember, uh, earlier in the, in the, uh, at the latter part of chapter 1, having been born again in verse 23, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Because all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is the flower of the grass. The grass withers and the flower falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word by which the gospel is preached to you. It says, you know, that's what you receive, that, that you know, 
Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. That's what took root in, in all of our lives. We've talked about that recently. But in verse 9, then, of chapter 2, it goes on with this thought. He says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but who are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but have now obtained mercy. That's who we all are as Christians. We are in that sense, like Israel, in the fact that we have been taken out of, and God has both out of the nation Israel, those who would believe on the Lord, and out of the Gentile world, out of the two people groups of the world, the nation Israel, the Jewish people, or the Gentile. That's, that's the two people groups. That's all God acknowledges, the two people groups. Out of those two people groups, he makes one people group, the church, the body of Christ. So out of all of the peoples of the world becomes one in the person of Jesus Christ, the church. And so that's, this is that same concept that's being talked about. Who is like your people, like Israel? Who's like the church? Who's like the body? And I, I'm hoping that you're catching this, this, this glimpse of, of the perspective of the power of his presence within your life and within our gatherings, the life of the body that we have a life-changing God that dwells within us, that can take us out of darkness and bring us into his marvelous light, that transforming power of God. Now, in verse 25, O Lord God, the word which you have spoken concerning your servant and concerning his house, establish it forever and do as you have said. David's just saying, amen, so be it. Whatever you've said, God, I believe you for it. So let your name be magnified forever, saying, in verse 26, the Lord of hosts is the God over Israel. And remember, whenever you hit the Lord of hosts, commander of all the forces of the universe. The Lord of hosts is his name. That's what that means. The commander of all the forces of the universe. That's your... Heavenly Father, that's, that's our God. The commander of all the forces of the universe. So what are you struggling with? What's the issue? What is the need? Have you really talked to Dad about it? Have you really asked him about it? And if he says no about something, why aren't you good with that? Do you not believe that maybe he knows what's best? That maybe he really is sure of what you should or shouldn't have? Anytime I've transgressed that, it's gone bad for me. I encourage us to rely and trust in him. The Lord of hosts is God over Israel. And let the house of your servant David be established forever. For you, Lord, you, O Lord of hosts, God of Israel, have revealed this to your servant, saying, I will build you a house. Therefore, your servant has found it in his heart to pray this prayer to you. And now, O Lord God, you are God and your words are true. And you have promised this goodness to your servant. So this is his prayer. You've promised this goodness to your servant. Now, therefore, let it please you to bless the house of your servant, that it may continue before you forever. For you, O Lord God, have spoken it. And with your blessing, let the house of your servant be blessed forever. 
This is just his heart. You have spoken it. I think if we could grasp just even slivers of this and hang on to this idea of God has spoken it and it's going to come to pass. God has spoken his heart to us through the word that we have, that we hold. And man, the Lord wants to do great and good things. The thing is, is I love David's heart. He says, man, you know what? You've spoken this. This isn't predicated upon me has nothing to do with me, but you've spoken it, and I'm going to trust you with it. Let me read through, I'm going to move through this last, this chapter 8 real quickly, um, and then we'll just take a couple of things out of it, and then we'll call it an evening. After this, it came to pass that David attacked the Philistines and subdued them, and David took uh, Methag, uh, Amma, the hand of the Philistines, and he defeated Moab, forcing them to the ground. And he measured these different people off, laid them down, and if they were a certain size, then he kept them. If they were a certain size, then they got killed. He just kept the small ones is basically what it says. And then in verse 3, David defeated Hadazar, Hadazar the son of uh, Rohab, king of Zobah. The whole chapter reads like this, pretty rough. Uh, so we're going to move through it pretty quick. Uh, recover his territory, the river Euphrates. He took from him 1,000 chariots, 700 horsemen, and 20,000 foot soldiers. So David hamstrung all the chariot horses except the spared enough for them for 100 chariots. Interesting, you know, because he would have picked this up out of the scriptures. Because remember, the king was not to amass wives or horses to himself. Now, somehow, David selected the horses part and applied that, but not the wives part because he had multiple wives. So it's kind of interesting. Again, if David was writing all this for himself and it wasn't the Holy Spirit moving through the authors of the Scriptures, that probably wouldn't be recorded that way. But isn't it true when we look at this, sometimes we pick and choose. Sometimes we selectively say, well, that's something that I really need to apply, but I don't worry about that thing, you know. Instead of just taking on the whole counsel of God's word and just saying, Lord, I, I help me to apply your truth and you know, not be selective in what I'm going to apply. But it's just great to read through and see the humanity of all of it. Uh, ultimately, these things become destructive and, and difficult. So he has these battles and, and goes on. He gets, let's get down to verse 11. Uh, then King David also dedicated these uh, to the Lord, because as he went through and he had these battles, taking these grounds, he there was um, you know silver and gold and different things that they, that he was gathering, he was amassing from these situations. And what was he going to do with all this stuff? And so he he dedicated these things to the Lord, along with the silver and the gold that he had dedicated from all the nations that he had subdued. And so all the way through to this conclusion, this. All these battles he went out, he gathered the booty, all the stuff that, that, that was uh, from the war, you know, the trinkets that they had or whatever of things of value. And he committed all of those things to the Lord. All of this he was storing up for the building of a house for God that he knew that he wasn't going to be allowed to build. It's interesting in... Uh, First Chronicles chapter 28, just past Second Kings, First Chronicles 28. In verse 3 it says, now again, he's wanting to build this, this 
temple. He knows he's not allowed. In verse 3 it says, But God said to me, as David here is talking about this, it's God said to me, You shall not build a house for my name, because you have been a man of war and have shed blood. He says, not going to happen, David, not for you. you you're, you're, you're someone who's just shed too much blood, and it's not going to happen. However, the Lord God of Israel chose me above all the house of my father to be king over Israel forever, and he has chosen Judah to be the ruler and the house of Judah for the house of my father among the sons of my father. He was pleased with me to make me king over all Israel and all of my sons, for the Lord has given me many sons. He has chosen my son Solomon to sit on the throne of the kingdom of the Lord, of Is- of the Lord over Israel. Now, he said to me, it is your son Solomon who shall build my house and my courts, for I have chosen him to be my son and I will be his father. So he's basically saying Solomon's the one that's going to be doing this. David is gathering all of these things, knowing that he is not going to be allowed to build this. He knows that. He knows that he's not going to do that, but he knows that he's supposed to gather those things and get them in place so that Solomon, his son, can do this. If you'll go back to uh, Deuteronomy, in verse 1 of chapter 33 of Deuteronomy, it says, now this is the blessing with which Moses, the man of God, blessed the children of Israel before his death. Now, we talked about this idea here that he says the man of God, which is, and you remember we, when we hit a couple of things like this from time to time, that's, there's a thing called the right of first mention in studying the Bible. And the time that it's first mentioned should always be noted of a, a specific statement or topic or thing, because that thing, when it was first mentioned, is going to have specific significance to reveal to us and help us understand the intent of God's heart in that. And so, in this being mentioned, the man of God, uh, and really, I think, in conjunction with, in this, is what represented this, what was this blessing that he's blessing them with? Well, one, Moses is blessing the people as they're going to be getting ready to enter into the promised land for which he is not going with them. He has spent 40 long years traveling with these people. And now they're going to enter in, but he is not. Because he transgressed. And he's not going to enter in. But he still wants to do whatever he can, and so he wants to bless them. Moses had, uh, I think, a great attitude and a right heart in this. He couldn't do exactly what he wanted to do, right? He wanted to enter in with them, certainly. We've gone all this way together. Let's go into the promise. Certainly, he wants to go in with them, but he couldn't do uh, what he wanted. That's what he wanted to do, but he couldn't do that. But he didn't sit around and do nothing, and he didn't just feel sorry for himself because he couldn't do this or couldn't do that. He did what he could And in this situation, he could decree a blessing on them. Now, David is a man after God's own heart and also is revealed to us this same drive. He's not going to see that temple built. David's not. Not on this side of eternity. He's not going to see that happen. But he does what he can to help further the cause by gathering the things and getting them together. Man, 
That's the heart. That's a man or a woman after God's own heart. It's understanding that do what you can do in the Lord. Not be frustrated with what God says no, but do what you can. Because that's revealing of our heart because we're doing it all unto the Lord anyway. What God allows you to do, do that. You know, don't worry about what he, he doesn't want you to do. Just be busy doing about what he does have in front of you to do. Man, it so limits the distractions. It so makes the path clear. It, it, it simplifies your journey. It, it makes you travel lighter through life. It, it really helps the perspective to see God for who he is and, and our place within it. And that, hey, man, yeah, that would have been great, but that's cool. I can do this. Awesome. I'm going to do that, you know? And then just do that to the best of your ability. God will honor that. God seems to honor those things. And closing thought, in verse 1 of chapter 8, after this, it came to pass that David attacked the Philistines and subdued them. Now, I was a little unsure of this because in verse 1 of chapter 7, just earlier, it says, Now it came to pass when the king was dwelling in his house and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies around. So in 7.1, he's got rest from all of his enemies all around him. Now, remember, just a few cha- earlier couple chapters so we're talking maybe chapter 5, there were these issues where the Philistines were gathering up in the, in the valley there, um, poisoning them, to, so getting themselves ready to attack, right? And so they were lined up in battle array, and they were getting ready to attack David and, and, and Israel. Well, David then was now defending, defending, and making sure that, that that battle line that got drawn, because the enemy was coming at them, that they were defending their position and where they were at, what God had given to them and what God had entrusted them. They were defending it. What's interesting is you hit all this blessing now is poured out in chapter 7. God sees David's heart. I want to build you a house, man. This isn't right. Gosh, you, you, you're... You're God, and you've got this, you know, cheesy tent thing, and I've got this, you know, and God said, David, it's cool, man. I don't need it. (laughs) You know, I'm God. I don't need any of that. But I I love you, David, and I just want to continue to bless you, and I want you to know that that I'm going to continue to move in and through throughout all eternity, through your household, through your lineage is going to come the Messiah, basically is what he's telling him. And, this, and he's just overwhelmed with this blessing. And, he, and his response in this worship, this time of worship and, and connection with God in this uh, dialogue that he has with him, as this relationship is really, really solidified between him and the Lord and his rulership and what God's doing. But what happens next? Man, David in verse 1 of chapter 8 goes on the offensive. He goes out and attacks the enemies, he goes out and starts taking ground. You see, this is what we read in Matthew chapter 16, maybe verse 18, where it says, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. You see, this is the thing. You don't get attacked by a gate. I have installed more gates than I ever care to think about. And that's no joke. I'm telling you, you don't get attacked by a gate. We are to storm the gates, take the ground, 
See, this is the thing. When we really realize the blessing, the goodness that God is for us and what God has done for us, we begin to move forward, not just defending our position in him, but we move forward taking ground, new ground for him, that he leads us to take that ground as he moves forward. And so now we're not fighting to retain a position. We're moving forward offensively to take more ground for the kingdom. That's what that verse means. That's the intent of it. And we see it played out in a great word picture for us with David. He's secure in his relationship with the Lord, God's blessing, and he knows that. He knows God's goodness and his grace, and now he moves forward. So I think sometimes we stay in this retention spot where we're just kind of always just trying to defend from any onslaught, but I think really we want to become strong in our relationship with the Lord and step out and continue to move forward. For me, that's for me. Just so you know, my heart, and this is just as, as a pastor, as your pastor, this is my heart. This, this is what the radio thing was all about for me. An opportunity came up with that, and it was an opportunity to make an a offensive move to reclaim ground in the kingdom through the simple propulsion of the gospel, and and that that's what that, that's about for me. That's one avenue that that that's going on. One of the other things this last year has been really trying to stimulate and get us back into thinking about really simply sharing our faith and trying to learn more effectively as a group. And actually, even to help you learn to be more comfortable in bringing people with you to gatherings. This isn't some country club thing that you got to have some special card to get in, you know. I mean, it's an open door deal. And we want to be comfortable inviting people to our gatherings. Those are offensive, moving forward, taking ground concepts that we want to do. And God's stirring us as a body to continue in that fashion. We don't want to just try and fight the battles of, you know, wait, wait for the enemy to come. And then, well, sure enough, why don't we go out there and take some ground, you know? God's going to take care of us. God's going to protect us. And I love that. He recognized and knew God's goodness and his blessing. And right there we saw God had given him rest from all the enemies. He understood. He was, he was at peace in that sense. But he went out and then began to conquer and take new ground for the kingdom. Hi, this is Pastor Jim. Thanks for listening to the message today. You know, I was thinking about Jesus being that good shepherd. And he said, most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. You know, we just kind of think of that as a door that on hinges that opens and shuts. But really, at that time period, the shepherd was the door himself. He would lay across the opening. And the sheep would have to kind of cross over him and get through him to get in and out of the sheepfold. And he said, All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. You know, Jesus was never just a hireling for you or for me. 
Jesus loves you with a perfect love. He gave his life for you on the cross. He wants to give you life abundant, as spoken of in the scripture here. He is the access into everlasting life. Maybe you've been distant from the Lord. You tuned in and you've, you've gone to church before. You've opened your life at one point, but now you're just living out in the world and, and away from God, and you're feeling the, the hurt and the shame and the conviction of the sin. Well, Jesus wants to forgive you again in a fresh new way. He wants you to get started on that journey again. And, and maybe you're hearing this simple gospel message for the first time. And you want to give your life to Jesus. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. God loves you and God wants to give you a chance. Just pray the simple prayer with me. Jesus, I want to ask that you would forgive me of all my sin. I want to invite you into my heart to be my personal Lord and Savior. I want to thank you for the free gift of everlasting life that you've given me now. And I thank you, Lord, for all your goodness, all your grace. And I just ask, Lord, that you would flood my heart with your Holy Spirit now, that my life might bring you honor and glory. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed and received the Lord into your heart today, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us or another Bible teaching church in your area so you may be encouraged in your new journey. If you'd like more information about Living Fountains or Calvary Chapel, Kansas City, simply visit our website at calvarychapelkc.com. If you're in the Kansas City area and you'd like to join us for worship, the service times and directions can be found at calvarychapelkc.com. It's been great spending time with you today in God's Word, and we look forward to you joining us next time on Living Fountains.